You are listening to the Downtown Larned Podcast, the podcast where we aim to cultivate vision for the future of downtown Larned. We are so grateful to have you join us this week. Let's get started. Well, hey, we're diving in today on today's podcast, Lorna's Downtown and the Broadway Vitals. We've kind of, we've been talking about a few of the, the cons and we've kind of touched on a few of the pros of what downtown already has going for them and some things have valued, but let's continue to, to jump into a few of the pros. As a community member, what's one of your favorite parts about downtown? It's simple. I think the walkability, I mean, that, that's nice there. I think it's easy. I mean, even when we had that frenzy, I really like, and just the people and the nature of the architecture is cool. I mean, like our old building has got some really cool architecture to it, but it's not so vast that it's just like super confusing. You know, sometimes you go places, you're like, is this the good part? Especially in your bigger areas, is this a good part, the bad part? Like, Lauren is not going to have an area that's unsafe. I remember uh, one of the kids, and I wouldn't know his name, but that was when A.B. Stokes was here, and he had talked about, I love Larned because I think they came from Chicago because right. it's the first time in my life I've been able to walk around and feel safe. Right. And that's one thing that's always going to carry you, um, the, the safety. You could right. go at any time during the day, um, and it's super safe. Yeah. What, what's one of your favorite parts about downtown Landon? Uh, honestly, I like the history. I just like – I envy it, – it's it, – you know, we're talking about moving on and, and, and growing on our on our past, but – I just I, I envy I truly do uh, just the experiences people had of of hanging out downtown. So um, I walk the streets and and uh, just just visualize that, but also um, the, the potential that it holds. And and like we have already talked about, just the assets that we that we have right now. I mean, um, we we've got solid businesses downtown, um, but it's just we we don't necessarily we have scraps, which is a great hangout place, yeah. um, but. With with the restaurant closing down, now we don't have like a, a yep. sit down. Place. And that's the hard part. And it's that um, uh, with the strength of 14th Street that you got to have other people pull with you. And that's when you saw I mean, if I don't know if you were out. You were out here. You were doing your bag toss at the Moonlight Madness. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You couldn't even walk on the sidewalk. Yep. You know, like we literally tried to go. We I think we parked there by our old office between Farmers Bank and uh, 529. We are going to walk down, get the hot dog, and come back and watch the movie. I never made it to the hot dog. <laughs> like I'm like, Caitlin, we yeah. gotta go back. To, we're gonna miss yeah. the movie. You're like I mean, that that's what's the like what's yeah. awesome, right? And yep. the chamber did a great event there, and 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 you're not gonna have that every night. And I mean, Larned's a community that um, does value family. It values your time with your family, um, the safety. And one thing that is interesting that Bajillion uh, and now Mammoth Agency was our marketing says, be proud of who you are. You know, so you got to look at what's abilities. So we look at restaurant bar thing. We're probably, and we'll see, um, we're just not a big party town, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's okay. You know, I don't think that's something to be negative about. That's why everyone kind of thinks like, oh, we need like power and light here. It's like, well, that's not who we are. And they're, they, so they've been big on helping us like stand on top of that mountain and celebrate who you are. We don't want to be a town of 25,000 people. That's what we're trying to be. All we want to really try to do, a little population growth is nice for hope for business growth and development. But we want to maintain what we have for the next 100 years. Right. We don't want to see that continue with decline, and then in 2030, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. We want to, like, grow a little bit, but really maintain. That's where we're at. And we, if we would maintain where we are today, population, and today's population is where we were 100 years from now, you'd be happy. Yeah. Because we want, we like our quality of life. I think that's what's attractive to us. We don't want to – so be who you are, be proud about it, but then trying to figure out that. And it's, Moonlight Madness is great, but literally I could not even make it – Half a block. It was packed just because of the people in town. Everyone was happy, and I think it was an hour and a half that I had to get the hot dog to eat, and I didn't get it. 
Yeah, so I, awesome. I had I candy for it. candy for supper. So is, is yeah. that the mayor? Is yeah. that the mayor? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. I think that's important for all of us to hear. Of be be proud of your community and who you are, yep. and and also, but having that that fresh vision of moving forward. How how do you feel like that we are better positioned now than we have been in the past? Um, I think we're more aware um, of where we're at. One, um, well, I think about pre when I became got in the city of where we were. Um, we had some interesting transition points. I think Lauren had had some vision. Um, it was kind of a little bit maybe field of dream style, but it did work. Start with the hospital, right? Um, we're not going to let that leave. And I think that stand up and fight for when it was uh, was CHI, I think St. Rose. They call it St. Rose. Mm-hmm. I think that was the name of it, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so that stand up and fight really showed the character and core of the town, you know, that we were not going to let this happen. So that stand up in the, for the taxpayers to agree to build that, and then that followed by the elementary. I think those were two foundational pieces that allowed, I felt, I was on the chamber board then, but that the bond election vote for the elementary was the same election I was first elected mayor. So that was like the same time. And I felt like with the new elementary, um, the hospital and healthcare, plus we had the state job openings. And I think I felt in industry, we had some growth. I felt positioned really good. And at that point in time, there was a lot of housing available. Right. Um, I laugh with our... Um, realtors now because when I first got on it was there are so many houses for sale well, you need to do something about this and now it's there's no houses for sale you need to do something about this and it's like well you know so so I think that's like our next challenge yeah. but um, that's something that's really neat that I think we've seen change but also the relationships that we have with the commissioners I mean I remember uh, the first time I went to see the commissioners just got elected went there and introduced myself it was a different vibe now we're pretty good in hand in hand understanding that we're not that big of an area that we should be able to work not as a unified government, but in hand-to-hand and sharing projects. So that communication, the chamber, um, Alex has been a great stabilizer there. Um, we saw some rotation of director for quite some time. I think she's probably over five, six years there now. Yeah, you know, so that helps. Um, yeah, we've seen right. stabilization um, across that board. Because I'm, gosh, I think when I was first elected, we saw a new school superintendent, mm-hmm. new commissioners. You know, we had a new chamber director, a new city manager. So everyone kind of came in together, and we were trying to figure it out. But it's um, it's gone on really well. So stabilization there and the leadership and just – I think there's positive momentum. Seeing Big R come in on their own is a big – not a, I wouldn't say a surprise, but that's a big win. Yeah, I mean, that, huge win. When Shopco went down, you know, and that was just their, their management practices and you think and look at that building. I was like, what are you going to do with the Shopco building? Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a lot really the city can do. I mean, there's some, we can try to recruit and be a part of that process and make sure – like when Big R came in, hey, we want to do – we want to reduce our parking lot space. We can just not be red tape for them. But that's kind of really our role to be the entrance. But that was a big a big domino for me about community. Oh, right. Hey, when is the last time we saw brick and mortar retail grow? Right. I mean, that's crazy. And then JNS there's, has been occupying the Alco building, so that's been nice too. There's been a lot of buy-in in, yeah. the, in the past decade. Yeah. Um, even even as simple as putting lights on a water tower. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that and, was a, a really fun endeavor on – you know, when I first got elected mayor, when do we get the lights back in the water? I'm like, dude, we have so many other things I've got to get grasp of, right? Where are we at financially? You know, when I got elected, we didn't even have financials. You know, we got cash reports of what we spent, like what checks were over $500. That's what council got every month. I'm like, that doesn't tell me anything. That was, that was itching your skin as an indicator. Yeah, it was just like driving me nuts, you know? So I'd go to those meetings, I'm like, all you guys know is what cash checks you wrote over $500. Like, how you don't even know where you're at compared to your budget. Our, and what has allowed us to be and do what we can is uh, I'll give a shout out to our finance director, Monica. She's 
they call her Miss Monica down there, the department heads, because she holds a tight grip on that budget. And she's really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, so her and Karen, and Brad, and Will, and everyone down there at City Hall um, has been a great administrative staff to work with. On my side, that's who I interact with the most. Um, there's like a common misconception as mayor of like what my duties or power is. And it's always funny. Like, that's Mayor Eni, take care of that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have any control over that. Like, yeah. you know, really our role. And I love it. Like, I love that we don't have yeah. any employee direction. I can't tell any staff what to do. You know, right. I mean, you, you could, but you're not supposed to. So our role is to find that city manager and work at the, the, the administration department. So I think it's a really good system, but it's always interesting. I feel like I have less true authority as mayor than if I would as a citizen. I can't even vote at the meetings, you know, so yeah, I, yeah. I can't vote at the meeting. I guess I can elect my council member, but I can't get up at the mic and say, yeah. hey, this is what I think. I'd really have to – and it's hard because I'm opinionated that the meetings, I'm supposed to kind of stay neutral. And I, and I remember my first – I got elected and you go to this mayor's conference at the league host and they're like, well, if you're going to run the meeting, if that agenda item, you're like super opinionated. You need to turn the agenda item over. Um, so – and I recently, I, the first time I've had to actually do that was actually recently with uh, the Lift Laundry program and the discussion of, you know, we've been funding that uh, revitalization of exterior of homes, trying to kind of clean up that exterior image. And I turned it over because we are doing a property in town. And I want to kind of voice what my opinion was. So I turned it over to Councilmember Barnes, who's the president of the council, and he ran the agenda item itself. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Well, man, we're getting ready to jump into a segment we're calling Spitballers. All about the future, spitballers. Yeah, spitballers. That's that's money there. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's there you go. Money. Yeah. that's right. a baseball reference. But Slaughter yeah. is a baseball town. Yeah, yeah. we're we, a baseball town. We are a baseball town. Yeah, well, spit spitball away, Landon. Well, um, yeah. So just about the future, looking looking ahead, William. Um, a lot of people rally behind you as as mayor. I know that you say you say you don't have as as much authority as you as you do, but um, you've ever since you've stepped in, there's been a lot of progress yeah. um, in the community. So. Um, just in analyzing the health of, of a community, you look at the hospital, like you mentioned, you look at school districts, you look at, um, parks, right. Houses. Um, but a big part of that is downtown, right. Um, and, and driving through downtown right now to the average eye, um, do we look healthy? I, I don't know. Um, but looking to the future and, and ways to impact that, um, what, what do you, Maybe not even on behalf of of the city because that, that's a big statement. Yeah. But um, just in general, what do you envision downtown as as being? I mean, you know, if I look at primary things and we look at what we're going to develop, bring in business, industry, all those ideas, um, our primary thing right now is housing. You know, so people. So I think downtown and that side. We were in uh, um, visiting my grandparents out in East Tennessee last week, and they had an old downtown building, like kind of what my old office was, about that width. And the guy says it was an antique story. He says, "Well, this is the last week." I said, oh, man, you know, sorry to hear that. And he said, no, they're putting 39 apartment complexes in here. Oh, wow. It was a three-story space, yeah. So I kind of changed my concept a little bit of maybe that's your double two birds with one stone type deal. Like yep. we need some housing for that. Um, that person that comes to town, you know, everyone's like, oh, we want that young guy to buy a house. That's when I first moved here. When are you buying a house? When are you buying a house? Well, I got to figure out if I'm going to stay here first. Like I'm not yeah. going to just like <laughs> find a job on the internet and then move here and buy a house. Yeah. Like that's kind of crazy, you know. And I think homeownership's different. You know, I got – People I went to college with, family members, they're not interested in them. Well, no. look at I, I know the city stepped out of the out of the duplexes, yep. but there's a wait list. Yep. You know, yep. there, there is a wait list for nice properties. And I'm in my personal life, I'm trying to fill that that yeah. need as well. Shout out uh Airway Estates. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that yeah. I think that's a, a a need there, and I think the space is especially when you look at the upper stories. Yeah, you know, those buildings right. are so big. 
um, in a perfect world, you see um, some housing um, down there. The one thing I think of why housing is an important component for these businesses to be accessible, let's say that restaurant, you know, that's what you're going to see closing mm-hmm. this week. You've got to have some local business. And what I mean by local, yeah, Long is a small town, but you've got to have some people. If you're living down there, you're like, oh, I'm right here. I'll just walk down the street. You know, yep. Yep. the person that's going to live downtown is going to be a little bit more walking oriented and trans- maybe. Um, um, so that, I think that helps. I think um, a customer base, if you could get a customer base down there that's there, I think that helps everyone. I mean, I think it helps your right. your furniture, it helps your chiropractor, it helps your plumbing, heating, and air guy. You know, I think it's just that in country seasons, hey, I'm going to go, yeah, we'll go down, you know, we'll go to the coffee shop this morning, we'll just walk down there. You there's, know? A, there's a reason why they put a cafeteria in the dorms. They yeah, call it yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's where you're going to go. It's yeah, where you're yeah. Gonna and your customers your are there. So I think getting a customer base, because that's the tricky part. You're blowing through there, it's a state highway, it's hard to see what businesses are there. I thought it was interesting. Um, Somebody was born and raised in Larner when I was working at the firm, and uh, I ran into him. They're like, where do you work? And I told Simmons and Simmons. They're like, oh, I thought that was a dress shop. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we've been here since 1988. <laughs> we've been here like 30 years. What's going on? You know. And so um, even on that side, I think we – sometimes as businesses, we're busy enough that we take for granted some branding and getting your name out there. Yeah. So. So I think I, mean, I know Jerry. Like when you moved to town, I mean, you're you were not from Larned. Like, no, like you're probably so surprised when people still go in place. Like, hey, I never been in here. You know, I'm, I'm new to that. So I think um, the city and chamber have taken on a lot of trying to get that word out. But I think as business owners, we can also do some of that too. We've you know prior to um, us taking over Simmons, there was a lot of branding. So I think trying to get that and just routinely being in front of people all the time. You know, when you're a state farm brand, it's a little easier because mm-hmm. you have such a big marketing yeah. behind you. When you're just a mom and pop singular deal. Right. It's a little tricky. Well, even with State Farm, it, with uh, the signage that we have being flat up against the building, yeah, it it just makes and and we have eyes distracted by the movie theater, so yeah. it just kind of glances over State Farm. But yeah, and that, um, and that's a tricky thing. I think with downtown, we have great businesses that are yeah. down there and have been there, but we're a lot of service based businesses. Like Mon Simmons and Simmons is there. Yeah. We're closing at five, you know. So what to to support it on your own is tricky. We had a cool point there, you know. I think a. A guy that was a downtown developer, I think you could almost define him that, was Garv Galliard. You know, Garvin Galliard took yes, those. Gar- he, yeah. Yeah, Garv Garvin. was a character, but he yeah. took those buildings and brought them from the ashes, really. You look at um, where Broadway Chill and Grill is and now the break room. Yeah. Um, was Alan uh, where Alan Martin was there at the uh, they had the hole in the wall bar, and then right. also he did where chromatizes. Yeah, at. you're right. You know, Garv was a developer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his own mind and everything that was right. strange there, but he really pushed a lot of money into downtown. He and did, yeah. and there was a cool point when you had, uh, I think it was uh, Vanley's was going, you had um, what is Broadway Chill and Grill and the Hole in the Wall. You had three different spots to kind of bounce around and had a little bit better downtown feel. Yeah. And I don't know where you get those pieces to, it's hard to support on your own. Yeah. You know, if you're the, the furniture store, if you're going to be open late by yourself, there's that question of payroll, right? I'm going to pay additional staff to be here an extra hour, two hours. But if I'm the only one doing that, um, yeah. I don't know. And I think, Hutch has always been strong when I look at you and ask about other communities do. They've kind of pushed a lot in their downtown, but they've done a lot of like Thursday night is art walk night. So they have some like a, a consistent schedule. And I think that helps like that Moonlight Madness. And maybe it's not every Thursday, the third Thursday of the month or something. So people know, oh, everyone's open late this time. And right. it stinks a little bit because you're – Yeah. Just having consistency with that. Yeah. Market. It's got to be consistent. So um, well, as far as a market even, you know, yeah. uh, just, just any sort of – um, oh, this is happening this night yeah. because that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, there's one thing. What one night of the week do you not host anything in Laundered America? Jared, you better know this answer. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. 
You don't host ball practices. Yeah. You don't host events Wednesday night. Because why do, what do people do on Wednesday night? They go to church. They was right. So yeah. Shout that, out. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's important. Like, that's why, and it's such a staple when you're planning. You, If you're doing a chamber event, I've been on chamber boards, you're in the thing, you're doing a soup supper, you don't do it Wednesday night. Because you know where people are going to be at. And that's okay. Not everyone's there, but a good portion of your kind of population base is supporting community events is there. And that's mm-hmm. what you've got to kind of build that style. But also if you look at what everyone's like, oh, we need this business. We need, our businesses are dying. There's some great businesses downtown. They may not be the business that you interact with daily. And that's what people I think have a little bit of disconnect with on the side of like a service-based business or even an insurance agency. I'm not going in there to get a – hamburger or i'm not getting there to, to get a uh, play a video game yeah. you know it, it's it's a great business so i don't think what our downtown is and i don't know i don't know some people's visions are different i don't know if a downtown that's closed at 5 p.m is terrible if it's full of businesses and the buildings are held up you know that's right. not a bad thing and i think that ideology or look we've got to take a piece at you know or maybe we've got we know these nights are the nights you go to but yeah, it's it's good. hard if you're a retail space like if you're durs you know they're there's the furniture store. They are scraps and country season. They're seasoned veterans in retail. And they know these are my hours to be open. And the reason they're not open is not because they're a failing business. It's because they're a successful business. And they know it doesn't make sense for me to be open these two hours. Sure. But Saturday mornings, right. Sunday Sunday at 1 o'clock, there's, there's a line. There is. <laughs> yeah, there's a line waiting outside. So so it's just tricky what your downtown we envision yeah. to look like. And I think a residential space that had – Pop in a little bit more business spaces, but what if it's another, I don't know, Atlanta, one, another insurance place or another accounting firm that's going to be closed at 5 p.m.? Yeah. What does the town think of that? At 5 p.m., the downtown's closed, but we've got five more service-based businesses in there that are successful employing people. Do they think the downtown's struggling? Yeah. Well, um, I think there's opportunity to piggyback off of what – they're doing with the restaurant down, yeah. downtown. The, the, you need that first domino. You yeah. need someone that's going to pull. You know, we used to host the Santa Fe Trail Days downtown, and we would set up um, – I'd set up my vendors, and I'd set up uh, – you had all your vendors. You knew which ones were the big vendor, you know, and you knew that this was the big pull with the carnival ride. You knew the concert stage was going to pull. So when I would design that, I'd say, okay, i got to get someone to pull me south. Who's going to pull me south? And um, the furniture store did a lot of that, but it was hard. You know, to how do you, where, you you strategically set your vendors up so from south there, whether that be Fourth Street all the way up through Six, where we used to close through, um, that you were you were going to give good activity even for that medium vendor that was a little bit smaller on the inside. So that that's that setup and strategic, and I think that's going to be a massive pull. I think the the lot south of them now that Trail Street corner has been fixed, that was a great opportunity. You know, look at something bad having to take those buildings down. Talk about way safer. I mean, yeah. yeah, you're not fearful of that truck coming around the corner and running you over. Yeah. You know, so that's a way better thing. Now we finish the rest of trails. So take a, a, a problem, something we didn't want to have to address, the demolition, and now look at the opportunity. We've been able to widen that, make it safer to get people around. And I think once that construction is done, we get that development, it's just a way better appearance from the south. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, uh, what uh, what would be one of the easiest, most impactful changes that we can make downtown, and uh, what would be a good place to start? And I think I think you mentioned possibly what could be one of the more impactful. I don't know if it would go under easiest, but just bringing some apartments downtown. I think that was an idea. I don't know how easy that would be, but uh, well, the nice part is um, uh, Governor Kelly has put a big focus on rural housing. So um, the moderate income and housing kind of grant program that's out there. And that's similar how we built Prairie Vista. Um, it's a pretty good grant program. We've had some interest in continuing to build on that. Uh, I think 
was like three million dollars a year, and now it's like twenty. And so there's a lot of communities that are kind of chomping there to figure out how to get that piece. So that's going to be a short window um, to get that through. And I think we're going to have – we hope to have a project here maybe first quarter to get yeah. an application. Not the city owning, but right. the city kind of has to be yes. the sponsor of the applicant. Right. Sure. So that's really nice. Um, Governor Kelly has um, had some vision with that on the understanding of rural housing because, Lauren, yes, we've seen growth. And I'd like to say I'm this czar that had this great vision and got us where we were. But really, it was the country as a whole, the turn we took. A lot of communities, not a lot, but the people that were positioned correctly are seeing a lot of growth, you know, yeah. and they're seeing not housing availability. So everywhere in rural America is like out of housing. And Hayes uh, Post wrote a great article probably about a year ago about the great race. We're in the great race right now. Whoever can solve housing first will grow the fastest. Hmm. And that's where we're at. Like us in the summer community is our size. It's who can figure out housing. You could build every business downtown and fill it full of commercial industry. But we still don't have where people are going to live. Yeah. And, that, and that's a, the important component. You know, they look at um, the state facilities and their openings and other commercial business. Hiring has been a struggle here post-COVID because um, just – and as a nation. But for us, it's – we have those openings, but then we don't have anywhere to live. So yeah. the guy was – you know, I joked with the HR guy at the state. And he said, if I had 100 jobs, where are they going to stay? you got four houses for sale right now under $100,000. So if we sell four, then we're zero. And those four may be two – Two, three, you know, I mean, it just, or, or where you could actually think is a nice space or get in there, you know. So that's that's the component that um, a lot of my focus is going to be here in the next 18 months. You know, we'd love to get more industry, and I don't want to tell people we're not trying to get industry. But if I can't figure out housing, yeah. it it's kind of for not, right? Right? What if we bought this GM plant? That ain't going to happen where they know where to live. Yeah. If you don't have people prepared to live, they can't work here. They can't live here. They can't buy here. So we've got to figure out that. We've got a lot of... Um, the guy called it an in-build the other day driving around where houses are vacant, and that's kind of a separate component that I'm really trying to figure out how do we fill that component because mm-hmm. we've seen population decline. You know, we referenced that earlier. Where do people stay? Yeah, we had more people. Like, Back where were this? Yeah, yeah, where this? Maybe it was, was it more people <laughs> per house? Like, that's why, you know, we used yeah. to be over 5,000, you know, so we're probably down about 20% at least. Where were they at? I, that's a great question. Do we have that many know. vacant homes or that many we not we haven't tore down that many. Yeah, right. And so, you know, everyone wants us to tear down things to a city. We need to tear that down. You know, I cringe at that sometimes. Like I, even the downtown building, it's, it hurts because once it's down, it's down. Right. There's no going back. That one probably was too far. And we have some properties, you know, that we're gonna that uh we're doing demolition here. Probably the next ninety to hundred and twenty days there, you know, the one four street by Napa that that need to come down. They're too far. But the house that we are doing a flip on now, like it probably was on that realm. It had no water, no electric, no utilities, and we've restored it. And we get a lot of pride that my wife yeah. and I do. But those are the properties I think that we've got to figure out. Um, one thing that's been good for Larned is that housing prices have come up. Um, that's good and bad. It's good for the seller, bad for the buyer, but it's better for the development because now we can get some justification to invest. Yeah, I agree. Because when we sell a house for thirty grand, you can't. It's making a yeah. lot more sense to redevelop some of these up, yeah. up, upper yep. stairs of yep. downtown. Yeah, like because when it's so low and the rent's yeah. so low, it, it doesn't um, make sense not to go in and, and purchase a thirty thousand dollars house and, and fix it up. Put put fifteen yeah. twenty grand into it, and you're net yeah. fifty. And yeah, and, and that's the key. You've, you've got to you've got to have the real estate value to where it makes sense. It was kind of interesting. I did it. I was. You know, we're getting our house that we're getting ready to finish, so we're very active on what's currently available. And I on my phone today was on Zillow, and I'm I'm sliding the bar filter right a price. And I let me go in here. I got the 
so it's pretty funny. It started at like one million, and by the time you get to la- like to to get down where you're going to filter to a hundred, the scale is all the way left. Like it, you can't like. Here's the scale. You've got to like zoom you, in. To... Look at that. When you're down to a hundred, look up the scale. Okay. Yeah. The scale is close to zero. There's there's no Zillow doesn't say so, like there isn't houses below a hundred. We're we're looking we're looking at William's phone. Yeah, yeah. There's a scale and it's like a, a decimal point. Yeah. So it goes like all the way over to any, you know, yeah. but you to get it to where you're like, well, I just want to look here. It literally the two dots are starting and ending on the same spot. You cannot go less yeah. than that. Yeah. And and I think the real the realtors and I think a lot of the out of state buyers why they said literally people will cry. Mm-hmm. I never thought I could own a home. Like it's we so just, expensive where they came from. We had two people yesterday come into State Farm um, from way out of state, and oh man, you you guys' house prices and and that's kind of an interesting concept in itself. I, you know, if I'm choosing to move somewhere, I'm I'm thinking strategically as far as businesses and how how fun it is to live yeah. somewhere. But these people are looking at home prices and oh, well, you guys, it was your real estate market's unreal. Yeah. So you moved here. Yeah. yeah, but it, yeah, that I, happens I, all the time. And I think one niche, you know, when we looked at when the very first start of the marketing, your 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 golden egg is the um, twenty eight to thirty five year old married couple with a couple young kids, right? That's who you want. But that's a that's a tough market. Yeah. I think having a community, and I don't want to say you want to be twenty five percent, but maybe having a portion of your community that people go to to retire, not necessarily born here, raised here, worked here, retired here. Mm-hmm. That they're saying, you know, I lived in a place, it was high cost, I lived in, made my money, but now that I'm retired and I'm kind of going to be that fixed income, I'm looking for cheaper real estate. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're seeing a lot, a lot of those buyers are a little bit older. That's okay. Because guess what? They're great property owners. They pay their property tax. They maintain their homes. I watch a lot. When the property changes hand and we hear it's out of state, a lot of them are coming in and fixing the home up. You know, there's a beautiful home here on Broadway. It was already a nice home right there by the church. Yeah, yeah. A guy put a ton of work into it. Beautiful property, and they're Exciting. thinking, yeah. yeah, and they're thinking it's cheap. It's yeah. like free homes here, you know. Yeah. And I think that it's just so different in the concept. And that Zillow kind of opened my eyes to say, like, we are on the like you slide it to the, all the way to the left, yeah. and we're still like under that. Yeah, I think. Yep. And so it's a good and bad. We want to have affordable homes for people because we do have a niche of jobs and out west that definitely you want to have those people have the opportunity to own homes too. You don't want to be, um, and we got to be careful. You know, San Francisco, the Golden State Warriors and where they're at, you know, that model was they came in and revitalized downtown and all that area, put all this money in and kicked out all the people that were living there because now they can't afford to live there. And we don't want to get to that point sure. where people can't afford to live here. Um, but I think having the home prices come up helps your development because it can make some realization because you, know, yeah. you can't have it to where you're going to build a property and it's worth a th- you know two-thirds of what you got in it. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good, William. Well. Man, if they're uh, we have a listener and they're they're still joining us, what's one of the best ways they can get involved as a community member? I started the chamber, and um, that chamber board was great for me. Like we laughed today, uh, Ryan Webster, um, I'm trying to think, Laura Smith, Tyson Stefan, uh, Taylor Van Norton, and I really even met Don Skelton there. Just a great Travis Thompson. All the people I work with regularly, like we all were on the chamber board together, and it was a great group. And I thought it was funny at that time, those names that you list, other than uh, uh, Tyson probably, that like at one point our chamber board was 12 members, and 12 of 12 were not born and learned. It was really interesting. And it was just the idea of like everyone on that board was not from Larned. I, I thought that was interesting. But chamber it board, is. I'm a big believer in the chamber. Um, and if you don't want to be on the chamber board, actually, the Chamber Ambassadors is a great program. Um, obviously, we're on uh, Larned Pride and – 
always looking for people there and that's a little bit different you can kind of pick your niche but a true development and economic development for the town economic development chamber is probably a little bit more of a drag than maybe the ambassadors would be um but right. the, th- those are great ways to really create cr- change yeah. you know the fair is a little bit more fair focus first the community focus but i do some great things too but um i thought meeting people on that side of the chamber was great for me um, I really enjoyed um, right. my time on the chamber. I hated having to step down from the chamber, and I tried to do a little bit. There was a little bit of period I was dual role in chamber and the city, and I just realized that I couldn't represent both. Sure. And so I stepped down from the um, the chamber board, which was hard for me. But yeah. yeah. Well, I guess to wrap it up here, um, first of all, thank you for your time, yeah. William. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, getting, to, getting to hear your side of things. I think outside of the... Um, you, the the meetings city meetings uh there's probably not a whole lot of opportunity to to voice what what your interests are and what your your hopes are to the to a broad public and i don't know yeah. how big this is going to get yeah. <laughs> but um yeah and it's something i've looked at you know uh, i thought about having do we host times where i can have a forum but then it gets it can get dicey too right you know we sure, have council yeah. meetings that public comments can get yeah i'm not uh, i'm not going to fly across the table and punch you yeah yeah, yeah. It's pretty safe but you know and, and you know and it's a good um avenue but i love you know i joked the other day i says man i just want someone to run against me from there so i could just like talk about what i what i'm passionate about and i really do spend a lot of time my wife does too um, with the vision and we care about what's going on. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big believer, you know, when people first came, well, you're not a, you're not a blue blood of this town or name. I'm like, dude, nobody, I'm the only Nusser that's here that's ever been here. And, <laughs> and you can make change by putting work in. Sure. Like, I'm not a yeah. believer that you got to be this yeah. name. Yeah. You know, I didn't Absolutely. know where the town, I've been mayor for nine years now and I probably did not know where Larned was 15 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, we're so glad that you're here and part of this community. Thanks, uh, William, for a great conversation. And thank you for the listeners that joined us on our episode two with the mayor. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Until next, see you guys later. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Downtown Learner Podcast. We hope that this episode has both blessed and encouraged you. If you haven't yet, go like our Facebook page and leave a comment with your biggest thoughts and takeaways from this week's episode. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.